Hi! Welcome to the CJW Sports Show podcast. Just two segments today. Are we all overreacting to how Brad Marchand interacted with the media after their win over Columbus? Well, Kelly Moore talked to Kyle Bukoskis, the reporter for Sportsnet involved in the whole thing. Also, I talked to Brad Black of Recruit Ready, playing for a purpose. What is that community organization? He explains the work that they're doing on the podcast. So let's just go back to Boston, where last night, well, it was in Columbus, but the Bruins beat the Jackets 3-0 to advance to the second or the third round of the playoffs. 3-0 win, and a lot of the talk afterwards was not about Sergei Bobrovsky letting in a soft goal or two, Columbus going on this fantastic run at coming to an end. No, it was a lot about Bruins, Brad Marchand who is a very good player, but he's also a pest. He makes people angry. He's licked faces before, and that is not something you're supposed to do. And last night it was because he didn't answer a lot of questions. He, right after the game, talked to Kyle Bukoskis, reporter for Sportsnet. How did that go, Will? Thanks, Jim Brad. You said after the third game of the series, there's no panic in the room. What can you say about the way your group handled the next three games and ultimately advancing to the conference final? We did a good job. No, Tuka Rask was saying, this core isn't getting any younger. What do you make of the opportunity that lies ahead of you? It's been fun. So I see where this is going here. I'll ask you one more about your line. It got back together. You had said the chances over there were just starting to bury it these last few games. What kind of zone are you three in? We're good. Thanks. Well, that was worth it, Jim. <laughs> he has fun with it. You got to give him that. So there was a lot of hand-wringing on the internet, as there always is on the internet, after that happened. And people pointed out that there was this interaction between the two before game two of the series last weekend. Brad Bruce Cassidy was mentioning maybe some hesitancy from David Pasternak of late. What have you seen lately from number 88? He's such a dominant player in this league. Uh, doesn't take him long to, to create something, so... Been a big player for us all year. He has in, in playoffs as well. Need him to keep going. Did you manage to get your skate resharpened after Thursday? Yeah. So he tried to step on someone's stick to break it and said, oh, I was trying to sharpen my skates. And it uh, doesn't look good on him. And then they go to the post-game scrum, which I'm not going to play for you because it's you know there's nothing to it. 19 questions he took. 39 words to answer them. Great. Nope. No. A lot. Obviously not. Next. Good. China. We won. A ton. Maybe. I don't know. No. Not really. It's a good one. They're good. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just because. There. there, That's it. That's the list. So sideline interviews, they're often perfunctory and you don't get a lot of information out of them. Contractually, players have to do it. Because the league has the deals with the networks who pay a lot of money. Let's get, you know, 30 seconds with Marshawn. Why do you ask for him if you know he's going to do that? They don't know that he's going to behave like that after last night's game. So, to get the full story, Kelly Moore, CJB Sports Director, talked to the reporter in question, Kyle Bukoskis. Kyle, uh, you have uh, not been around long, but you certainly have uh, made a meteoric rise in, in your career, and, and and you were certainly in the middle of things last night following the Boston Bruins 3 nothing victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, were you prepared at all 
for what transpired when you uh, went to speak with Brad Marchand. Yeah, I, I think just in, in reading the, the tea leaves a little bit, Kelly, and, and even just in, in some of his post-game press conferences and in other games in, in the series, and you know, you remember after Game 5, you could tell he was getting fed up with some of the questions he was being asked, and David Pasternak at the podium stepped in and said, you know, I'll, I'll handle this one. Marshy's a little bit crispy tonight. Um, so I think there was there was reason to, to think that, that it could have gone that way. So I was in the back of my mind a, a little bit prepared that that's the way he was going to go. And then, and, and as you know, Kelly, you can only control what you can. And, and what you can't control is how your interview subject uh, responds to the questions you ask you, no matter how great or, or how bad uh, the question is. So all you can do is, uh, is just roll with it. And then he, he continued uh, that, uh, that, that same that same way of going about answering questions with the, the media and the, the scrum in the dressing room after the game. So uh, you can tell he had his mindset on, on handling things a certain way last night, and, and that's his prerogative. So for us, uh, you just you ask the questions and do what you can, and if they don't want to answer it, then, then so be it. And, uh, and now we move on and, and get, uh, as everybody gets starting to look ahead to, well, first off, two which should be wonderful game sevens here to wrap up the second round and then it's on to the conference final for sure yeah and i mean when a reporter is confronted with that 10 words for three questions sometimes there can be a little bit of stick handling to get to the next question but for whatever it was worth you kept skating forward so uh fabulous job on that there there seems to be some speculation kyle that the pre-game interview from saturday night where you made reference to marchand trying to stomp on cam atkinson's stick in the series opener is uh, possibly why he might have had the reception that he did or the reaction he did last night uh, was that maybe uh, part of it or, or would you say that's reaching for things well i i, I just I, I don't know like i haven't had a chance to, to talk to to the bruins to, to marshawn in a, in a different setting other than a live tv interview um to kind of sort through things and, and get to the bottom of it i mean that was that was a pregame interview before game two of this series. So it was earlier on the day after he had made those comments. And I was just almost kind of in a way attempting to playfully reference what, what he had said, right, about how he was, you know, jokingly accusing Atkinson of, of trying to dull his, his skate blade. And, uh, you know, I, I took a risk there, and, and clearly he wasn't, uh, he wasn't in the mood for answering it at that time, 30 minutes before a game, and, and that's totally fine by by him and I understood it and you know the one thing I, I asked the, the Bruins about after the fact was you know was was he offended by that did he think I was trying to disrespect him um, because if so I would like the opportunity to apologize because that was in no you know no means my intentions and and you know I just made a, a, a poor decision there in in the moment and, and you know I'd like the opportunity to kind of set the record straight and I was told um, you know that that wasn't the case and, and he was fine you know I just think there's there's a larger I think there was a, a bigger picture of things here in this series where, um, you know, you just see some of the some of the way he, he answered questions at other parts during the, the series as well, just dealing with the, the general media. So, you know, maybe the question that I asked him over a week ago had something to do with it. But um, I, I think, you know, part of what went on with how everything blew up with, the, you know, the punch to the back of, of Scott Harrington's head late in game three and how that'll blow it up. Um, and the, the reaction and the criticism uh, he received from, from certain people um, in the aftermath of that played a role too, I believe. 
Um, but, you know, it would just be nice to just kind of have a conversation with the Bruins and, and, and him as well and to kind of get to the bottom of things. Because, I mean, it's, you know, everyone has their uh, their own prerogative and how they want to go about uh, answering questions. But, you know, at the same time, he just would love to kind of move on. And, and you've got a, a great series. You've got uh, the Bruins have a great opportunity here now against a very good Carolina team. They're back in the conference final for the first time in, in six years. And, you know, you, you want the focus to be about that, not uh, how uh, one of their star players is, is answering questions uh, after after a game, whether on a, a national television broadcast or, or in the room with uh, the assembled media there covering the series. So um, I, I have no idea exactly what the, the real answer is there, Kelly, but uh, it would sure be nice to just to get the bottom of it and we can all move on here. Well, for sure. And and I know you have to catch a flight, so I appreciate you doing this. But, uh, you know, Kyle, you're not responsible for the things that go on on the ice, but I hope you'll always continue to take responsibility for asking questions about it. That's the plan, right? That's it's as I said. You know, you control. You can only control what what you can control, and and you know how I go about conducting interviews is is what I can control in in these kinds of situations, and um, you know, and the the role that that I have in, in being a ringside host, you know, you, you never want to put a, a player or a coach or, or whoever you're interviewing in a, in a bad situation. Um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, promoting the stars. It's about promoting the game, you know, certainly outside of, you know, maybe my parents and, and my girlfriend, nobody's tuning in to, to watch me on, on Saturdays or throughout the playoffs. They're there to watch their favorite players and their favorite teams compete for a chance to play for a Stanley cup. So um, I certainly never want to be the, uh, want to be the, the center of attention or, or anywhere close to that. Uh, it's, it's all about the, the players and, and the game. So, um, uh, yeah, absolutely. You take responsibility for for the questions that you ask and, and the, conduct, the interviews that, that you conduct and, and how it is uh, it is perceived or how the uh, how your questions are perceived and, and how they're answered is, is totally out of out of my control. So, anyway, you, you, it's good good lessons to learn for a young broadcaster like myself as you work your way through this thing here, Kelly, and uh, – it's just it's it's a great learning experience here as uh, as as we move forward. Well, as I, as I mentioned, Kyle, uh, you you ask the right questions. I don't think there's anything you did that was untoward whatsoever. And and when things happen, people are relying on you to do your job, and you do it very well. Thanks a bunch for this, and uh, and and a safe trip back home. Okay, thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. Uh, told about something called playing for a purpose recently. And uh, Brad Black from Recruit Ready has been on the show a couple times before to talk about Recruit Ready, and he joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Brad, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, Christian. How about you, brother? Doing well. Tell me about playing for a purpose. What is it? So playing for a purpose, uh, it's a foundation, uh, a registered charity that was started by uh, former NFLer and and former Blue Bomber uh, Kelly Butler. And basically... um, the whole goal of playing for a purpose is to support youth in Winnipeg and, you know, doing that through mentorship, doing that through sport, doing that through, uh, you know, um, theater arts, that kind of stuff, just various different um, uh, disciplines that, you know, kids, kids get into when they're younger and that keeps them on the right path. So anyways, this, this foundation was started um, and it's run a few programs in the past that ran a program inside the Manitoba Youth Center it ran a program um, uh, finding uh, employment for youth um, and more specifically for, for youth in care. Uh, and now, right now, there's, uh, there's four initiatives under the Playing for a Purpose uh, Foundation, Recruit Ready being one of them. 
which I am uh, heavily involved in, as you know. Uh, Attack Basketball, <clears throat> which is run by um, former uh, Westman star uh, Suk Singh and former Bison player Ogo Okonbua. Uh So that Attack Basketball, um, you know, the foundation basically gets kids uh, on their high-performance team and pays them to go down to the States and play in uh, what are called AAU tournaments, where you're going to find the top high school basketball players in the U.S. Well, um, Attack has a team. And uh, the foundation uh, sponsors those kids to go down and and uh, and play in these AAU tournaments. They also have a thing called Fit Communications that they sponsor, which is a, a, a female sports initiative. Um, and they help girls all the way from you know four or five years old up to you know women that are that are seniors. So um, uh, they just put a real heavy emphasis on on, on helping girls and, and 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 keeping them attached to sport. The final one is uh, Manitoba Theatre for Young People. Uh, they run some great programs. So um, the foundation actually sponsored a play this year. And um, um, it really worked out well. And it was it was kind of something outside of our uh, comfort zone. We're used to doing sports and, and whatnot. But uh, took on Manitoba Theatre for Young People. And it, it, it's worked out fantastic. Now, i got to mention all these, these athletes and actors that, that benefit from the foundation. They all have to, um, you know, uh, uh, give a certain amount of volunteer hours throughout the city at different nonprofits. Um, you know, they're really spending a, 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 a good amount of time giving back to their community. Cause we're, you know, we're trying to develop, you know, not only good athletes and, and, and actors and actresses in the theater for young people's case, but, but good people, um, you know, people that help their community, people that want to help others, you know, uh, you know, doing well academically. And then, and then as well in their, uh, their chosen, uh, you know, sport or, or theater. So why did, in your case specifically, Recruit Ready get involved in this? So uh, Kelly's a good buddy of mine, and uh, him and I became friends when uh, he finished his uh, last year there with Winnipeg. And uh, him and I coached together, and you know, he, uh, I've watched him grow this thing from basically nothing uh, to where it is today. And um, Recruit Ready, uh, what do they do for us? So um, we have a free on-field program for kids. You know, all you got to do is show up and, and commit to the program, and you're getting like high-level training from former NFL and CFL players. You know, you're getting speed training from a guy named Glenn Bruce, who's anybody in the Winnipeg sports community you know he's the guy for for speed. So you're getting this high-level training. Plus, uh, we're taking the top high school players from Winnipeg down to the U.S. And uh, you know, getting them in these seven-on-seven tournaments and you know, Division One camps and you know, rivals camps and, and all these different exposure camps, and uh, just trying to get our kids, you know, better at the game. Uh, but uh, you know, to try to get them down to the states to get these scholarships. And um, you know, we had one kid to come into our program. Now, Brady, uh, his name's Brady Oliveira. Uh, Winnipeg just drafted him in the second round, and he was a kid that came through our program and, and got a Division One scholarship. So, uh, you know, uh, the football piece through Recruit Ready, but also, you know, just developing good student athletes and good members of the community. Because it's important uh, to maintain a certain GPA to take part in the program, right? Well, that's just it. You know, the days of, you know, the, the, the Michael Irvins and the Miami Bad Boys from the, you know, the 80s and 90s there, like, that just doesn't fly anymore, man. You know what I mean? Like, these kinds, you know, Division One student athletes need to be, you know, uh, you know, good people. You know, they can't... They can't be doing what some of those teams used to be able to get away with. You know, you got to be a good person, you got to be a good athlete, you got to be a good student. So that's what we're trying to teach these youth. And how important is it to, uh, for for children that don't have a lot to be able to participate in sport? 
Well, I mean, you know, um, I think it's very, very important. I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of people um, that don't have a lot of money generally, and I'm not saying in all cases, but in some cases come from single parent homes and, and um, you know, there, there, there could be, you know, a mom or dad not around or, or neither for that matter. So I think, uh, you know, st- strong male influence um, on the guys and good male role models, teach them the right things to do. And um, I think it can do wonders for these kids. I mean, we've all seen those stories, you know, the kid from the hood, that's just a phenomenal athlete. You know, give him the right people around him, he, he takes it to the top and, and, and he's super successful. So, you know, you don't need to go, you know, be a Hall of Fame player for it to be a success. You know, it can be a success if a kid, you know, uh, buys in and, you know, maybe he doesn't even play college football. Maybe he just goes to to, to you know, do something else. I mean, we have kids that, that that didn't play football. We have kids in med school. We have kids. We have one guy that that's a, in the Canadian Special Forces. Like, I mean, you know, we got guys doing engineering, all types of stuff. So, and and these are kids that come from you know not a a strong financial background. You know, so um, I think it's just the the skills and life lessons you learn within these programs that um, kind of develop you as a really well-rounded person. You know. Now, when you see players like Brady Oliveira or uh, other players that come through Recruit Ready get drafted into the CFL, what's that like for you? You know, it definitely um, it feels good, and and I and I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. It, our, our our staff takes a lot of pride in, in the success of our kids. Um, you know, this year we had seven kids drafted, and that's just this year alone. And um, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, it really puts a smile on our face and. Uh, but at the end of the day, what, what we all got to remember is those those guys that got drafted, they put the work in. You know, we, we work out. They're, they're up at, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning from January to April, yeah, you know, to go to the Gulf Dome to put in those work, you know, put in that work in, in grade 9 and 10. And um, the discipline and commitment um, that those guys uh, showed, I mean, it's just, it's no surprise, you know, where they are today. And uh, who are the seven? Uh, this year, uh, it was Brady, um, then it was Zach Williams. So Brady played at Oak Park, so Brady Livier played at UND. Then Zach Williams played at Manitoba. Um, Tariq Lachance, who played at Manitoba, then the Rifles, and was kind of a free agent that worked his way up to the regional combine and got drafted by the Bombers. Uh, Shai Ross came to us as a basketball player. Um, he actually just got back from Giants mini camp. He got drafted by Edmonton. Um, then we have uh, Samson Abbott. Um, he was out of St. Paul's. He played at U of M and U of A. He got drafted by Ottawa. Um, then we had Derek Defoe, a uh, great defensive end out of Dakota High School, went through U of M, defensive lineman. He went to Hamilton. And then we had a young man um, come to us uh, at the end of his, the second semester of his 12th grade year uh, by the name of Jamel Lyles. And he's out of uh, Tweedsmere uh, High School out in Vancouver. And uh, he got drafted to the Lions. He played here at U of M. But, uh, yeah, those seven guys uh, go way back with us. You know, they're like our little brothers. And, uh, we, you know, we couldn't be more proud. Well, Brad, congratulations on that. Uh, good work with the playing for a purpose. And I appreciate you joining me tonight on the CGB Sports Show. Christian, it's always, a, it's always an honor, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. 
What's the worst that could happen?